Hi, I'm Rick Warren, and Merry Christmas. You're listening to Daily Hope. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our Christmas series called Jesus Came to Light Up Your Life. In these messages, Rick shares how Jesus came to earth to enlighten and transform us. Now in just a little while, we're going to tell you how to get a copy of the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal, a great resource that will help you tap into God's power and presence as you discover the keys to praying with passion and purpose. Go to PastorRick.com to find out more or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called The Purpose of Christmas. You know, all this week, the world has been focused on this event, Christmas, an event that happened 2,000 years ago in the Middle East in a little town with no fanfare, but today, 2,000 years later, it can still stop traffic. How is that? What's so special about Christmas? Why is it that it is the most celebrated holiday on the planet? Why is it that this week, billions of people shut down work, went to a service, had a party, gathered in their homes to celebrate Christmas? What makes Christmas special? The fact is, the birth of Jesus Christ is the most significant event in the history of mankind. It split history into AD and BC. And every time you write a check, you're using Jesus Christ as the focus. Now in this service, we're going to look at the purpose of Christmas. Why we celebrate it. At the very first Christmas, at the birth of Jesus, an angel announced three things. And in those three statements of the angel, we find the three purposes of Christmas. Christmas is a time for celebration. Christmas is a time for salvation. And Christmas is a time for reconciliation. We're going to look at how these three words can change your life forever. When Jesus Christ was born, there were a group of shepherds out in the fields tending their flocks. And an angel came and said to them three basic announcements. From these three announcements, we discover the three purposes of Christmas. Let me read you the first one, Luke chapter two. And there were shepherds out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Well, I would be too if I saw an angel. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I bring you good news of great joy. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. The first purpose of Christmas is celebration. It's a party. I bring you good news of great joy. Actually, it's a birthday party. Now, of course, at Christmas time, we have more parties at Christmas than any other time of the year. And yet it's ironic that often the guest of honor is totally left out of the party. Christmas is a birthday party for Jesus. It's why we say Merry Christmas. Now, I don't want to shock you, but God really likes parties. God is into parties. God likes to party. In fact, the Bible says that the angels hold a party every time a single person trusts Christ, turns away from their self-centeredness, and turns to him. 
This week we went out and we asked people, what are you going to be celebrating this Christmas? And this is what they said. What are you celebrating this Christmas? This Christmas, what am I celebrating? Um, not a lot this Christmas. What are you celebrating this Christmas? Oh, the blessings that we've had in our family this year. Uh, just the Christmas spirit. Staying home and not being on the roads over the holidays. Uh, celebrating family. Uh, this Christmas, I'm celebrating the birth of Christ. We're going to celebrate our little boy here, Jake. He understands Christmas a little bit better this year. What are you celebrating this Christmas? Uh, nothing. I just want to get through it. <laughs> A lot of people feel that way about the Christmas season. I'm not celebrating any, I just want to get through it. Some of you feel that way about this service. I just, I just want to get through it, okay? I was pressured to be here. Well, welcome. Uh, the bottom line is, Christmas is a party we're supposed to celebrate, but sometimes we're so busy preparing, getting ready, buying presents, planning, we don't have time to celebrate, and we lose the joy of what the moment's all about. This week I was out Christmas shopping. I was actually in Manhattan, in New York. And I'm standing in the middle of Fifth Avenue and watching thousands of people and nobody looked happy. They all looked pressured and stressed. They all looked a little cranky. In fact, I think it started, you know, wearing off on me because a guy came up to me and he said, you look like a pastor. I said, no, I've just had the flu. I'm sorry. I, I said, I'll, I'll get over it. Just pray for me. We lose the joy. Now, what is the purpose of Christmas? First is celebration. So why do we celebrate? Why is it a party? The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy, and it's for everybody. What is the good news? The good news of Christmas is three things. This is what we celebrate. When God sent Jesus Christ to earth, he was saying three things. Number one, God loves us. Number two, God is with us. And number three, God is for us. That's worth celebrating. First, God loves us. The most famous verse in the Bible, John chapter three, verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal or everlasting life. That's the good news. God so loved the world. That's why he sent Jesus. He was sent on a message of love. Christmas is saying to you, God says, hey, I love you. Now the Bible says God is love. It doesn't say he has love, it says he is love. It is his nature, God is love. And God created the entire universe just so he could create this planet, just so he could create the human race, just so he could create you, just so he could love you. The reason you are alive is you were created as an object of God's love. God made you to love you. It's the only reason you're alive. It's the only reason your heart's beating right now. It's the only reason you're taking a breath. If God didn't want to love you, you wouldn't be existing right now. God made you to love you. And he loves you on your good days as much as your bad days. And he loves you when you feel it. And he loves you when you don't feel it. He loves you when you think you deserve it. And he loves you when you think you don't deserve it. Because his love isn't based on what you do. His love is based on who he is. God is love. His love is based on his character, not your performance. You can't make God stop loving you. You can try, but you can't do it. Because God's love is not based on what you do. It's based on who he is. And you were created by God simply because he wanted to love you. The Bible makes this very, very clear. He loves you. 
And when he sent Jesus Christ to earth, Jesus later, as he grew to a man, stretched his arms out on the cross to die for our sins. And he was saying at that point, I love you this much, this much. I love you so much it hurts. I love you so much I'd rather die than live without you. You will never fully comprehend how much God loves you. It's like an ant trying to understand the internet. You don't have the brain capacity to understand how much God loves you. But not only does God love you, he's with you. You may not feel it, but that has nothing to do with your feelings. He's with you all the time. The Bible says that Jesus' name was to be called Emmanuel, one of his names, because that means God is with us. And God says in the Bible, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. Some of you have been abandoned in life, and I'm sorry, but God will never abandon you. You may not feel it, that just means you're not tuned in, you're not connected, you're not uh, plugged into the source. Did you know that God hates loneliness? He hates it. God hates loneliness. That's why when he created the first human being, he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. Now, whether you ever get married or not is irrelevant. The issue is you need people in your life, and more than that, you need God in your life. And the reason you feel lonely is you are not connected to God. Now, the good news is this. Because God says, I not only love you, I'm with you all the time. You just need to be aware of it because God says, I will be with you. And when, you, when God is near, it removes your fear. You lose your fear. You don't have to worry. You don't have to sweat it. You don't have to be anxious about what's going to happen. Because when God is near, you lose your fear. God says, I'm going to give you hope. And if you're lonely this Christmas, you need to turn to Jesus Christ and sense that relationship in your heart. He's not only loving you, and he's not only with you, the Bible says God is for you. He's on your side. He wants you to win, he wants you to succeed. In fact, Jesus said this, the next verse here on the screen. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. You know, so many people are afraid of God. You may be afraid of God. Maybe you get nervous when people start talking about God. You know why? It's guilt. Guilt separates us from God. And you think, if I get close to God, he's gonna scold me. He's gonna remind me all the things I've done are wrong. He's gonna tell me the bad stuff. But the Bible says God didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. He said, I didn't come to scold you, I came to save you. That's the good news. I'm not only with you, I not only love you, I am for you. And if God is for us, who can be against us? The way I like to think of it is this, if God likes me and I like me, if you don't like me, what's your problem? <laughs> it gives you a whole lot of confidence. And by the way, uh, that's not the role of Christians either, followers of Christ. It's not my role to condemn the world. I don't spend a second of my life condemning society. I didn't come to condemn the world, I came to help save it. And so did you. That's what God says your role is once you become a follower of Christ, is to point people to the truth, to the way. Now, Jesus came to save us, not to scare us. And that's why the very first words of the angel, did you catch that? The angel said, don't be afraid. Did you know that's usually the first words God says to people in the Bible? Don't be afraid. Did you know that there are 365 fear knots in the Bible? 
That's one for every day of the year. God is saying, hey, get the message. You don't need to be afraid. Certainly not afraid of God because he says, I love you, I'm with you, and I'm for you. That's good news. And that's why we celebrate at Christmas. Now, the second purpose of Christmas is salvation. Salvation. And that's the second thing that the angels mentioned when they announced the birth of Jesus. It says, today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, a savior, there's the salvation part, a savior has been born to you, for you. It's a personal savior. And he is Christ the Lord. He's Christ the Lord. Now, let me just make a point here. God never wastes any energy. He doesn't do stuff that isn't needed. So if you didn't need a savior, believe me, he wouldn't have gone to all the effort and trouble to send one. Does that make sense? God does not waste energy on things you don't need. But the fact that he sent a savior to earth means you need one. Whether you realize it or not, you need a savior. You know, what does it mean to be saved? You've heard this phrase, what does it mean to be saved? People say, well, he's saved. Was he drowning or something? Well, saved is just a synonym for rescued, delivered, set free, released. When my oldest, Amy, was a young child, when she was three and a half, four years old, I remember one time Amy had been strapped into a car seat in our car for a long period of time. This was a pretty hot day. And she hung her head out the window. And as a three and a half year old, she said, oh God, get me out of this. <laughs> she needed a savior. How many times have you said that in your life? Oh God, get me out of this. You need a savior. Every time you go, God, I need your help. You need a savior. God, get me out of this. Now, salvation is three-dimensional. You are saved from something, you are saved for something, and you are saved by something. I want you to understand this. You are saved from your past, from guilt, from your sin, from yourself, from worry and bitterness and boredom and all these different things. You're saved from something then you're saved for something. There's a purpose, there's a positive aspect. God has a purpose and plan for your life. And then you're saved by grace, which means you don't earn it. You don't deserve it. First, you're saved from sin. The Bible, in fact, that's what Jesus' name means. Did you know that? The, the, Jesus means to save people from their sins. In fact, uh, uh, Joseph was told in a dream these words. Give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's what Jesus means. Now, what in the world is sin anyway? I mean, people talk about what's sin? Well, you know, everybody's got their little list. I used to have a list. Don't drink, smoke, cuss, chew, or run around with girls that do. <laughs> and I thought, you know, if all I do is just don't do certain things, then I'm not a, a sin person. Well, the fact is, everybody's got their list. You got your list of what you think sin, and I got my list, and of course, I always think your list is worse than mine, and my sins are not as bad as yours, and things. Really, that's not it at all. I want you to get this. Sin is an attitude. It is not something you do, it is an attitude. What's the middle letter of sin? I. 
What's the middle letter of pride? Sin is an I problem. It's I want to be my own boss. I want to be my own God. I don't need God. Come on. I, I don't need God. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. God, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. That's called sin. Sin is saying, God, I know what will make me happy more than you do. And I know you've said to do certain things, but really, I'm just going to ignore those things because I am God and you're not. I know more than you do, God. And so I'm going to do what I want to do with my life, not what you put me on earth to do. That's called sin. And the Bible says every one of us had had that attitude at times in our lives where we say, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Forget God. I'm going to do what I want to do. And that attitude has caused us to be separated from God. And that's why when you pray, you feel like your prayers bounce off the ceiling, because they do. There's a separation between you and God. And that's why God sent Jesus to be a savior. You see, every one of your problems is caused by sin, by that separation from God. Every single one of them. It causes, sin causes uh, confusion in your life. It causes guilt, it causes a shame, it causes regret, uh, it causes bitterness, resentment, grudges, it causes worry, it causes fear, it causes anxiety, sin causes depression, it causes discouragement, it causes emptiness, it causes despair, it causes conflict between you and other people. Every single one of your problems is caused because you're not connected to God. You're separated by your own saying, I'm gonna do my thing. Now, as a result of that, Jesus said, I wanna set you free. I wanna release you. I want to save you. From what? Well, first, from the burden of guilt. Did you know that God doesn't want you to go around carrying guilt? That's why Jesus came to pay for it all so you can be forgiven. He doesn't want you going around feeling guilty all the time. It's not from God. He can, wants to set you free from the poison of bitterness. When you hate other people, when you resent others, and you hold it in your heart, that's like taking cancer in your heart. It's going to eat you alive. He wants to set you free from the expectations of other people, where you worry about what would other people think. He wants to set you free from the fear of death. He wants to set you free from the, the, the burden of worry and anxiety and stress. God doesn't want you running around in stress all the time. He says, I want to set you free. Now, maybe you've never really realized that you needed a savior. In fact, you probably never even thought about it. We went out this week and we asked people, what do you need to be saved from? And here's what we heard. What do you need to be saved from? I'm spending too much money on the holidays. My wrinkles. My student loan. Uh, debt. I really need to be saved from my own um, inadequacies. It's like that. What do you need to be rescued from? School. Bills, most likely. Uh Need to be safe from bills. Uh, overeating is a big one this Christmas. Ah, from my own vices. Uh, unemployment. I guess I sort of need to be safe for myself. You know, I can relate to that last guy. I need to be safe for myself. Have you grown up enough to figure out that you're your own biggest problem a lot of the time? That it's your own reactions, it's your own fears, it's your own inadequacies that cause you to act in stupid ways? And many times you cause the problems that you, you create them yourselves. I certainly do. In many ways, I need to be safe for myself. What do I mean by that? There are things in my life that I don't like about me and I'd like to change them, but I can't. Not on my own power. And you can't either. I need a savior. 
There are things that I'd like to be different in my life. Man, I wish I did this differently. I wish I acted differently. I wish I said that differently. But I can't change it. I need an outside power source. You say, well, I can change it. No, you can't. If you could, you would. But you can't, so you won't. And in January, in a, couple, in a week or so, you're going to make these New Year's resolutions. By the end of January, they'll be in the dumpster. Why? Because you can't change it on your own. You need God's power. You need a Savior. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. You know, you can get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered to your inbox every day. Just go to PastorRick.com and sign up for his free daily devotional. Rick will be right back to close out our time today. But first, if you want to make your time in prayer the best it can be, then you're going to want to get a copy of this year's Daily Hope Prayer Journal, Experiencing God's Peace. It will help you tap into God's power and presence as you discover the keys to praying with passion and purpose. Here's Rick to tell you more. Do you ever feel like your prayers get stuck in a rut? Would you like to know what God told me to do when my prayer life got stuck in a rut? It was a time when I I just felt like I was praying the same thing over and over and over. In fact, I was beginning to wonder if God was even answering my prayers or even listening. Maybe you felt that way sometimes, or maybe you feel that way right now. So what did God tell me to do? Well, here's what he told me. It was such a powerful way to re-energize my prayer life, and it was so simple that I want to pass it on to you. God told me to do this. He said, Rick, start writing down what you're saying to me, and then I want you to write down what I say to you. Write down what you say to me, and then write down what I say to you. You see, it's really not that complicated. God just said I should start by writing down what I'm feeling, and then I should write down what he tells me after I've read his word. It's really just a form of journaling. And spiritual journaling is a spiritual habit that will help your prayers stay fresh and effective. If you've never tried it, I'm begging you, try this for a week or two and see if it doesn't reinvigorate your prayer life. Journaling has many, many benefits to your spiritual life. It'll help you stay consistent in your prayers. It'll give you a permanent reminder of how God answers your prayers because you've written them down. It shows how God is working in your life. You can go back and review it. It'll even help you worship God more and more as you speak to him. God speaks to people who care enough to write it down. So write down what God tells you, but you've got to have a place to do that. Now, I want to encourage you, and I want to help you take this simple step of learning this new spiritual habit uh, in your prayers, of writing down your prayers and writing down your prayer requests. So what I did is I had my Daily Hope team create a brand new spiritual prayer journal. It's got a real simple-to-follow format that'll help you put into practice God's wisdom that is found in Philippians 4, 6. That says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Those four things are part of the format of our prayer journal for this year. It's really cool. You're going to love this tool. This journal features a vegan leather cover and 235 beautifully designed pages filled with over 150 inspiring Bible verses, photos, and artwork. It's a spiritual growth tool designed to help you enjoy a vibrant prayer life. 
Today is the last day to get this great resource, so don't wait. Just go to PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 to get this year's brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. And all this month, any gift you give will be matched by very generous friends up to $100,000. This matching grant is only available until midnight on December 31st, so please contact us today. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Thank you so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.